Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Nola Pizza in the Nola Brewing Tap Room on Chapatula Street in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti, Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you've been living in the 1880s, you might have found yourself sitting at the lunch table asking your friends, what are y'all talking about? What is this tennis? Well, today you're more likely to ask, What is pickleball? Like tennis, pickleball is played on a court with a net and the ball is kind of a wiffle ball and instead of a racket, a pickleball paddle looks like a ping pong paddle. Pickleball is reportedly the world's fastest growing sport. In 2021, there were five million players. By 2023, there were 36 million. It's growing at about 300% a year. Here in New Orleans, you can play pickleball at the Exchange Pickleball and Bar. Yes, because it's New Orleans, it's a sports complex with a bar. The Exchange off Chapatula Street near Walmart is a $5 million development that opened in August of 2023. And like pickleball itself, it was an instant success. The developer and owner of the Exchange Pickleball and Bar is Renee Melchiotti. Renee, welcome out to lunch. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was a great introduction. Sailing started out as a means of survival, to get to where the fish are or to migrate to other lands. Now, like pickleball, sailing is a pastime. But getting out into the ocean or even Lake Pontchartrain requires a financial commitment greater than a couple of pickleball rackets. Judging by the number of boats at the West End Marina, there are plenty of New Orleanians with enough discretionary income to get themselves out on the water. Walking around these moorings, you might wonder, Where do all these boats come from? One answer to that question is Murray Yacht Sales. The boat brokerage was founded in 1974 by Tim Murray. Tim's son Stanton took over the business in the early 1990s, and today Murray Yacht Sales has brokerages in New Orleans, Houston, and St. Petersburg, Florida. Beyond New Orleans, Murray's Yacht Sales brokers, boats, and clients are scattered across the Gulf South in Alabama, Florida, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas. Stanton Murray, welcome out to lunch. Thank you, Peter. It's a joy to be here. Renee, tennis started out as more or less genteel and a kind of a casual pastime. Somewhere along the line, it got organized and grew into one of the world's most popular spectator sports with a structure that funnels professional players into international tournaments where they compete for millions in prize money. During the course of that evolution, the skills required to play at the highest level evolved too. Now a pro tennis player is considered ready for retirement by the time they hit their 30s. Pickleball seems like it might be a sport for people who have aged out of tennis. Then again, there's already an international pickleball federation. Pickleball could conceivably evolve the same way tennis did. So let's start with who plays pickleball. Is it, in fact, older people looking for a less demanding sport? Well, that's how it may have started out. Uh, People who are older who left tennis went into pickleball. But actually, our largest demographic right now are Gen Zs and millennials who are understanding that that this is not only a fun sport, but a social sport. So it didn't come out of a an orthopedic office with people with knee problems? No, it did not. In fact, it's, it's... 
causes those just as much as anything else, but it <laughs> keeps people active longer and uh, than, than possibly tennis is, and, and competitive. I was gonna say, that's uh, people wanna stay competitive in something. And, and just to bring it back to the, the tennis federation, there is now a major league pickleball federation and that we have started with major league pickleball. Did it originate from uh, two people knocking a pickle over a net? No, unfortunately, there's no pickles involved in it. There, it's, it's something that 1965, a bunch of dads had, a, had equipment in their backyard and didn't know what to do with their kids. They put together the badminton paddles, the, the net, and a wiffle ball, and it was born. I hope they're getting royalties. They, uh, <laughs> Stanton, automobile manufacturers are looking ahead to a time when we won't own our own individual car. Volvo, Audi, and BMW already have subscription-based services where people pay a monthly fee to have access to a car for a predetermined amount of time. To many car owners, that might sound strange and futuristic, but sailors are already embracing this model. As well as selling boats, you're the franchisee in Louisiana, Mississippi, and the Florida Gulf Coast for a company called Sailtime. Sailtime lets six people share a sailboat over the course of a year. How does this work? Do six people come to you as a group, or are you putting six complete strangers together? And who actually owns this boat? Is it the six people, or do you do, or sail time on the boat? Those are great questions, Peter. Um, sail time does allow people to use a boat as if they own it without all the complications of owning a boat. Some see it um, just like the future of cars. It's just a way to enjoy boating without the commitment. And others see it as a training to get competent confidence to move forward um, owning a boat in the future. Uh, the short answer is the one of the owners may want to own the boat and use it more than the others, and that's an option, or the sail time group can own the boat. Sounds like Airbnb, sort of, with, with the boats? I no, mean, so it's very different than that in the sense that Airbnb lets strangers get aboard and use your house. This is the same six people all year long okay. that are trained in using the boat, so it's different than a bare boat charter or any type of rental operation. Um, a rental car doesn't get washed, as a famous person said. Um, and so in this case, everybody is, is using the boat and knows each other, gets to know each other, and becomes a, a practice owner, if you will. So most people are actually training on the boat as they're using it to get better, and they're very conscious of how the boat's kept and leaving it for the next person because they'll have it left for them in the following week. And Renee, when I see the, the what, six indoor courts, yes. and uh, thank God, really, because yes. it's, so, it's so hot out here. The, uh, when I see that, and then I see the bar and food and a lot for people of, of all ages. What model were you coming out of? I, I immediately think of something like Rock and Bowl. Was that it? Exactly. Uh, we, we found these models around the country. Uh, we, we thought we thought of it, and then they exist. There's a thing called Chicken and Pickles. And the idea is that you have food and beverage-centric but also a social activation that people can do that makes it more interesting than just sitting at a restaurant or bar. It's very good for single people. They can come and join in without feeling like they're sitting alone at a bar. So it's, it's an entertainment district, like a Fulton Alley, uh, ax throwing, all these things that are, that are coming together so that people find a way to socialize in addition to just eat and drink. You just threw that in. Do you, do you do axe throwing? I've never done it okay, before. Okay, um, <laughs> I wanted to know that before we went. <laughs> there's there's a rumor that some of the top golf people are stealing the idea. Oh, 
<laughs> yes, it's also Top Golf is a, a very similar concept. Jeez, they. Oh yeah, now that would be true too. That's, That's where uh, he was getting. That going, make, that I makes believe. sense. The uh, Stanton, these these boats. These first of all, when do you call it a boat and when do you call it a vessel and a ship? Is their size? Well, generally, it's a boat until you own it, then it becomes a yacht. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> um, you, okay, somebody comes to you, and I think one of the things you're most proud of is instead of just selling them a boat, um, you kind of sit down with them and just ask them the question, why? I mean, wh what are those why questions? Well, that's, that's a um, great question. We were just coming from the Annapolis Boat Show the last week where we talked to hundreds and hundreds of people who come up and say, I think I want to buy this boat. And you know, nobody buys a piece of fiberglass. So the question is why? And if they don't know the why, they're going to be very unhappy once they get on the boat and they sit on it and they say, oops. So why do you want to buy the boat? Often it's an answer like, well, my kids are 12, my, my, my grandchildren are 12 and 13, and I want to spend time with them before they go off to college. And this is a great way for intergenerational time together. And, and we can find it brings joy and relaxation and all of these things. And if you focus on the why, then, well, if you have 12 grandchildren, you need more cabins than a boat that only has, if you only have three grandchildren. So the why helps formulate the what. Um, we call it navigating, as you do on a boat, and we navigate through the process with the client. So afterwards, he's on the boat, and six months later, he says, oh, I had the best weekend in Gulf Shores with my grandchildren, and we had space for all of them because we had the right amount of cabins, and it was easy to use because you knew that I had a back operation and needed an electric winch, and all the whys create the what, and we have happy clients after that. So left without that why conversation, people would oftentimes by the wrong boat, right? Yeah, we saw that during COVID. People were in a hurry to do anything because they were running from something rather than running towards something. And so when we talk to them, get the why, then we can help them develop the relationship and, and understand what they're buying. If you're running from something, you're likely to run into the wrong thing the first time. And there's a, an in-between boat um, because of the why. And Renee, you gave us kind of a, kind of a surprising age uh, range that, that was spread. What about other demographics, um, men versus women? Why does that work out? Well, what's great about the sport is that men and women can play against each other. It's not a power sport. It's a lot of finesse. Um, so that is a wonderful thing. The other thing is, as he brought up, the multi-generational. Your boats bring together families. Pickleball has been known to bring together people from multiple generations where grandparents can actually beat their grandchildren because, again, it's not power and it's not speed, it's more finesse. So that's been great. And our demographic synergy of different people coming from all different demographics. So, so Peter said we weren't going to be competitors now. It sounds like that <laughs> might, might go sideways on us here. Pickleball, yacht. What the I heck? mean, we have found something in common. They're both intergenerational sports are wonderful. And it's, it's really what's been missing with the soccer travel teams in the world and all some of the things that compete against family time. Correct. And I think sports that bring families together are really kind of one of the keys to correcting some of the social mishaps that the high school coaches have created over the last 20 years. And I'm going to jump on that too because I bet with the sailing, you can't really get your cell signal. And so people are out sailing and not on their phones. People in who play pickleball are very often 
off their phones and connecting in a human way yeah, that we haven't done in a very long time. Uh, unfortunately, Elon Musk is screwing that up for us <laughs> as we speak. Okay. I tried to you find can, a connection. You can, get, you can get a signal anywhere now, and uh, it's, just, just, it's just horrible. No, it's, it's but they're interesting. they're having so much fun on the boat, they don't want it, to be on there. It, it is interesting. So people always want a huge TV on the boat. How big of a flat screen TV? And then five years later, it's fun to find out that they've never really watched it because they were in so many, much time doing other things. Um, except for the you know crazy sports fanatics uh, watching the World Cup of Rugby. And it's also bringing people together from other walks of life. I mean, perhaps, maybe not other walks of life, but in your situation, six people hmm. may join in on a boat that would those six would have not come together before, you said, on your... and. That's an interesting point, yes. Um, and ours are people that maybe walk up and play pickleball with a total stranger that they've become good friends with afterwards. All right, Renee only because you're heading in this direction. Is it also like a way to date? It is a way, way to meet people. Okay. So whether you decide to date afterwards is, is really not for me to say, but- uh, Do you get a finder's we, fee, like a washer dryer <laughs> or anything? No, but we do call it, uh, it's like speed dating with a paddle because you show up by yourself, you don't feel like you have to be with somebody to go there. You put your Thanks. paddle. I was going to start playing. Now my wife's going to be unhappy about this whole thing. Thank <laughs> you, you very much. You can also play with your wife. Oh, okay. And okay. you can right. play and separate and be on different courts and still like each other at my, the end of the day. My first pickleball experience was at um, in City Park at the Gurney Brown, I think. Yes. And uh, we walked up and you had to jump in and do the same thing, play round robin. And my first opponent, of course, was David Vitter. And I looked up and I was like, you know, what world am I in? Uh, <laughs> uh, he, was, he was very nice and helpful and didn't tell me um, to get out of the kitchen more than a few times. So if you haven't played much pickleball, one of the things you get yelled at when you start is get out of the kitchen because it's part of the court. Oh, and that's why ladies like Vitter. it so much because they get to scream at their husbands to get out of the kitchen or vice versa. It, oh. it gets confusing, it gets confusing. You know, I had to laugh when you said you put a, a bar in there because uh, another guest we've had uh, owns the uh, the bookstore in the rink, and I was over there recently, and they kind of took out the children's section and replaced it with a bar. So this is a great town. It really, really, I'm very it proud of my people. Very New Orleanian, uh, but uh, you know that also does the it combines well with the social aspect of pickleball and the social aspect of drinking and eating and the camaraderie that's there so we can hop off the court hop in you know and hop around and and, and meet other people too or our, our big thing is team building we're doing a lot of corporate events and a lot of team building and oh, that's... you know with the remote work that people have now and the you're on your computer the entire time. People do not know the person in the cubby next to them. And so that's been a really big driver of our business. And safer than the trust fall that we do on <laughs> in bonding exercises. The, how much, what do you talk about dollar commitment? Uh, how much does it cost to play? Well, um, you could be a member, but or you could just walk up and pay for a court. But you have to understand there's four people on the court generally, so it's $40 in the day. We also have dynamic pricing depending on the uh, popularity of the of the time zone. And at night and on the weekends, it's $48. You divide that by four people, it's less than bowling. It's less than going to a movie. But the thing about the the sport is it's um, usually play with you can play with eight people, and you just loop in. So it's even cheaper when you bring a big group together for an hour. Um, it's a pretty cheap way to spend the day. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Renee Melchiotti from the Exchange Pickleball and Bar and Stanton Murray from Murray Yacht Sales. We'll talk some more when we get back from this short break.
Support for Out to Lunch comes from Adeta Corporate Staffing, Basics Swim and Gym, and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, Camellia Productions Marketing Consulting, Corette Leadership Lab, Communication and Conflict Resolution, Feigley Communications, Full Service Marketing, Gamble PR, HR NOLA, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, Lolo's Youth Yoga and Art Studio, Michelle Weighing and Measurement, Calibration Services and Measurement Equipment since 1947, New Orleans Ice Cream, available in select grocery stores, New Orleans Investment Conference, November 1st through 4th, Noki, New Orleans Culinary and Hospitality Institute, Rev Realtors, The Idea Village, the Scout Guide Baton Rouge, and the Scout Guide New Orleans. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Renee Melchiotti from the Exchange Pickleball and Bar and Stanton Murray from Murray Yacht Sales. Stanton, we think about boats as kind of expensive and, you know, kind of prohibit a lot of people to play, but you have gone out of your way to try to bring, for instance, sailing to everyone. Yeah, so I'm really proud of the Community Sailing Center in New Orleans. Um, and across the Gulf South, there are many community sailing centers, which brings everybody out um, and opens up the, the sport and the relaxation and all the benefits of being out on the water to everybody in the city. And I think that's important in, in a city like New Orleans. And there's, is there anything better than after a hot day going out <laughs> to the lake for a couple hours? It kind of clears your head. Well, it does. It's interesting. And, you know, we don't just do sailboats. We, we do sail and power. And uh, I always try to own at least one of each. Um, <laughs> but I have a little power boat behind my house and jumping in and going out for a half an hour run um, kind of clears your head and, and relaxes you. Of course, there's that other thing people say with the happiest days of your life is when you buy a boat and when you sell a boat. But... And there's a third day when you buy the next boat. <laughs> Which is where you come in. Yeah. This anyway. is, <laughs> is going to work out fine. Renee, this was a big investment. I mean, it sounds like if you listen to the story, you played it once and fell in love with it and decided to start a place in New Orleans. Uh, where'd you get the funding? I can't imagine a bank offering, offering this for a sport that almost didn't exist. Well, the sport has existed and is um, since 1965. And as you know, it's America's fastest growing sport. And I didn't just... Uh, wave a magic wand and it happened. Uh, we talked to a lot of angel investors and our idea seemed to be one that everybody could get behind. Uh, we were able to raise significant funds and uh, we purchased the real estate of the building and um, the bank saw the, the, the future and the prosperity in it. And with the food and beverage side, and the activation, the, the combination, uh, they believed in us, and uh, we believe in the, in the venture. And Stanton, there's an expression they use in business school, kind of the customer um, lifetime value, the idea that one sale is not your last relationship. Uh, is that something you are thinking about, even with that first sale? Well, yes. I mean, we don't think about it in the sense that we're... Um, we're focusing on it, but when you serve the customer well, it becomes the, 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 the final product. We're very pleased that we have so many repeat customers over the years, sometimes five, six times more, and we're constantly running into clients that come in and say, I bought my first boat with your father, and then over the years we find that they've, we've had six transactions with them. 
um, the, the expensive side of gaining a, a customer pays itself back in the third and fourth sale, clearly. Um, but we don't focus on it, it's actually the product of good customer service we find. So once you've gone through the why with this potential customer, and you kind of get it down of what they're looking for, where do you find the boat? Is there a database or just people you know? Or Yeah, that's a good question. So we, we do, much like real estate, we do two things. We sell new vessels, which we have exclusive territory for on the Gulf Coast, and then we also do brokerage, which is like a real estate agent. So there are MLS services that we have internally, as well as some of them are public facing. And we look through the criteria and much like a real estate agent, try to match the client with the, with the right vessel. Renee, you did something that was really smart. A lot of times people start an operation like this and you know, they want to do it all. I can, I can uh, run this entire business, but you didn't. I mean, you farmed some of it out. Yes, I understand my limitations. I, I am a lawyer. Uh, I was able to develop this, do the zoning, you know, with the right help. I had the right consultants. But when it comes to the food and beverage, we have a very good food and beverage partner who's been doing this for generations. The Messinas are well known. They're bringing a lot to the table, especially as to my events. I'll tell you, the opening day of our pickleball facility, we actually hosted an event simultaneously to our opening ceremonies because they were so able to do that. And uh, we've had 200 person events so far. Um, we have a 300 person event scheduled. We're a 24,000 square foot facility. So we like to integrate those two things. We have 4,600 people in our first month uh, came onto our website and, uh, and signed on. So I think it's definitely growing, booming, bigger than anybody had expected. When you think about it, you'd really never, you're a lawyer, so you didn't probably have run a business. You'd weren't a property development person. I have to ask you this, this town is filled with abandoned empty warehouses. How did you decide? We looked at several. Um, this one was for sale at the same time and I really liked that area of the Lower Garden District. And this was before, by the way, they had decided or announced the River District. So I'm very lucky to be so close to that. I think it's a changing area. I think the demographic works well. I wanted to improve an area, take away the blight. And coincidentally, one of the warehouses was exactly the size of a pickleball court. So that was the final Scroll. <laughs> you know, Stanton, I have to ask you a question here that is, it only came up when I was uh, getting ready for the show, and that is we all talk about rising homeowner insurance costs. Is there something like that on the boat side? That's a great question. So boating insurance is um, actually relatively stable, and um, unlike, um, unlike houses, it, uh, boats can move around. So depending on where you are and, and, and what, how protected your marina is, they'll look at that as a risk factor. But um, surprisingly, we, we're still able to get reasonably good rates on boat insurance. And um, part of that is because our um, people that own boats tend to do a good job taking care of them and keeping them out of harm's way. You know, on top of everything else, Stan, it seems, seems like kind of a fun business. Well, it, it is. You know, they, we talk about you know, enjoying what you do. And we were sitting in Annapolis on Saturday and one of my colleagues from around the country 
um, at the boat show said, you know, there are worse things we could be doing today. It was a perfect day and there are flags everywhere and music going and it was a boat show. And I've done the Annapolis boat show for 30 plus years, but it's exciting and fun. It's like a little Mardi Gras every year. Uh, it's one of the biggest boat shows in the country. But, you know, you constantly have to remind yourself that, and I told him, I said, we could be in a cubicle somewhere. So, <laughs> Renee and Stanton, if you'll excuse the irony, it's generally unwise to make generalizations, uh, especially about people. But I'd be willing to bet that almost everybody listening to this conversation has either just put their phone down, is about to pick it up, or has it in their hand right now. There's something liberating about an activity that gets us away from our screens, puts us firmly in the real world, and requires a combination of 100% physical exertion and mental focus. Although they're very different, sailing and pickleball are both in this category. Renee, thanks so much for going out on a limb and taking a serious financial risk to bring the fun of pickleball to New Orleans. And Stanton, in a lifetime dedicated to sailing, your business continues to be a gateway to joy for countless of thousands in New Orleans and across the Gulf South. It's been a pleasure to meet you both. Thank you, Renee and Stanton, for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you for having us. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Renee Melchiotti, owner of The Exchange, Pickleball and Bar, and Stanton Murray, president of Murray Yacht Sales. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on WWNO. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Renee's Pickleball and Stanton's Boats by listening to the Out to Lunch podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch podcast on your podcast app and on our website, itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Out to Lunch social media. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle, and our researcher is Maggie Mendel. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business, New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch was recorded live over lunch at the NOLA Brewing Tap Room, 3001 Chapatula Street, open seven days a week. NOLA Brewing Tap Room has a wide variety of craft beers and authentic hand-tossed New York-style city pizza by NOLA Pizza. More information is at nolabrewing.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Passion Lily, Fair Trade Passion, 831 Charter Street, or PassionLily.com. And by Mind Coach, professional coaching for the professional brain. More information at mind-coach.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.